Hello and welcome to the week 4 edition of Spitball. Your weekly quick fire roundup of the week's NFL action. Unfortunately, EJ the Hood Elgin can't be with me tonight. He's too busy scouting talent from the Las Vegas Sin team. And um, so with me instead is Marcus Ione Fantasy Football Henson. How are you, buddy? I'm very good, mate. Very good. Excellent. So, as you know, uh, we call Marcus Ione Fantasy Football Henson. I own fantasy football, so tell our listeners why do they call you? Why do I call you? I own fantasy football. Ah, oh, all right. Well, well, it's uh, it's first year of doing fantasy football, just for a bit of a laugh with uh, with the boys and Spartans team, and um, so far this year it's four and zero to uh, yours truly. And who did you happen to beat this week? I happened to convincingly beat by about thirty five points this week. Uh, my uh, my good old co host here. Yeah, that was a great win for you this week. I made a couple of schoolboy errors with the team, but even still I worked out I would have still lost by about three or four points had I actually played Dwayne Bowe and um, and also uh, Marshall. So, shocking. <laughs> so, moving on to this week's action. Now a quarter of the way through the season. Three, uh, three teams remain 4-0. Texans, Cardinals, Falcons... Can any of them finish sixteen and zero, and why? Ah, sixteen and zero. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, the one team that could possibly come close, um, and how I see them being maybe possibly maybe fourteen and two, thirteen and three team would be the Texans, and that's literally just because uh, their strength of schedule this year is quite favourable to the towards them. Um, the division as a whole is kind of rebuilding. Jacksonville, Indianapolis, Tennessee—they all seem to be teams that are. Um, they've got a lot of youngsters in there, uh, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean that's very much present. You got Gabbert, year two, Luck rookie, um, Locker as well. Yeah, Locker. Yeah, uh, year two for Locker. Yeah, I believe so. Um, but it just seems that the only one who's really got, um, especially offensively. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from their defence. Very much not with the, uh, the performance they put up for my fantasy as well. Thank you, Texan D. Um, this week, they seem the most all-rounded. Uh, Falcons have definitely got an offence. Defensively, though, it's like the gaps are there. Um, the rushing rushing defence is shocking. Um, Cardinals, again, my problem is it's almost reverse of Falcons, where... Defense, awe-inspiring, week after week, literally like putting up some um, incredible numbers. I mean, okay, um, you could say that again. Their strength of schedule favors them quite a lot. Um, NFC West, you know, there's no real strong team. I mean, it has been a bit weird this year. We've seen Niners go down to Minnesota. Yep. You had Shocking. had Seahawks who who looked pretty impressive, flying high off that shall we say, controversial win at Green Bay, but nonetheless, win. Yeah. Um, going down to, I know I'm a Rams fan myself, but that was a shock for me to beat Seahawks. Um, so, they're now 2-2. Two and two. Just quickly on the the Niners' loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. I know I was actually quite happy with it, purely because we have a certain individual on the team who I hope listens to the podcast. If he's not, this he is should. pointless, and he, he should. should. Wolfie, <laughs> Well done against the Vikings, buddy. <laughs> but even better against the Jets, I suppose. So, you know, they made up for it a little bit this week, didn't they? Shutting the Jets out. Uh, that's 34-0. Mm, that's quite a statement, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It's almost like... 
the big boys flashing flashing the sort of the guns there to sort of uh, rectify that that maybe some brain freeze in Minnesota. Yeah, so Jets didn't score any points this week. Couldn't work out of the uh, Wildcat. I think I understand Holmes went down this week to injury as well. Ooh, yeah, that's so, and they lost Hill as well. I believe was it last week. Mm-hmm. Hill got the nasty ankle injury, so lost Revis and lost Revis. How long before it's Tebow time? Um, I do believe. Um, let's see what they got. Um, they've got quite a big, t- uh, tough matchup coming up this oncoming week with the uh, the Monday night game, Texans. Yeah. Um, big game for them. It's going to be a big game for them, and I think Texans are going to come in and sort of stampede in the same way. Really, um, I think that Texans have the same sort of formatted defense, um, offense, sorry, as the Niners, where they're they're primarily looking to run and then pass, where you've got Arian Foster. Yeah. Uh, but they've got bigger guns than 49ers in the passing game. Owen Daniels, Matt Schaub's a better thrower. Uh, pass through the ball and you've got of course the giant Andre Johnson yeah okay so they're going to do much more damage to the secondary um, I feel they got off lightly with Frank Gore I think he should have done more so do I fantasy football <laughs> yeah um, and then Jets offence you know seriously I mean it was just it was I think he got less than 150 yards I mean at someone... one point he was in minus I think on oh. the fantasy league Fantasy, I think, I, I saw the figures was about a single point of fantasy he managed to generate. Um, now, of course... It's awful for a quarterback, in our, in, especially in our league, mm. as we have six points for a passing touchdown for a quarterback just to try and bolster them so they do stand out from the rest of the pack. So, for oh, yeah. Sanchez to be on one or two on, points... On a lenient scheme, I mean, um, standing aside from fantasy and, you know... I'm just literally a say I was a Jets fan. I I I'm, I'm screaming, I'm I'm baying for his blood really because yeah. I'm just. It seems that with the win at Buffalo, um, which was quite convincing, and then it kind of sort of started after that to not really generate the same sort of hype and sort of carry that on through. I sort of started to see the preseason team come out again. Yeah, the only bonus the Jets have got at two and two, the two teams they've beaten. The Bills, the Dolphins, both within the division. So, mm. despite the fact that we have three teams on a two and two record, Jets currently sit behind the Patriots because of that divisional record. So, exactly, it's maybe not all doom and gloom, but no. the signs are there. Just coming back to the Texans defense. Now, I was having a quick check earlier. Texans defense number one for um, yards, uh, the amount of yards per game they concede. Mm. Have you checked this stat, or do you know who number two is? Could you take a guess? Is it going to be the Jets? No. No? Think of a team that's been a bit more surprising this season. Um, As we've mentioned one of their cornerbacks previously on the last show. Oh, is it um, uh, Seattle? Yeah, Seattle, number two mm. in yards conceded per game and the amount of points they've conceded, they're second only to the Texans. 58 points, would you believe? Uh, so that's much quick. They're, they're, is that they're giving the most? As in they've given up fifty-eight points. Texans have only given up fifty-six, and everyone else has given up more. Oh, I see. Yes. Total. Okay. So, got so, yeah, I see what you mean now. Yeah. Yeah. So, defense in mind. Want to go into our weekly awards now? Which, for those if you're listening for the first time, we do two weekly awards. We do a defensive impact player of the week, and an offensive player of the week. 
absolutely named the Ray Lewis Award for Defensive Impact Player and Megatron Award for the Offensive Player of the Year. This was named before the Madden cover, just in case you were wondering. So, <laughs> <laughs> Ray Still Lewis. waiting for that injury to pull him out of the season. Still waiting for the injury. See, for me, the Madden cover curse, it goes more than just the player itself, I think, because as soon as a star player is on the front cover of Madden, it's not necessarily something bad's going to happen to that person, but that team, you can write them out of the playoffs. Because when Bruce was on it a couple of years ago after they'd won um. the Super Bowl... So yeah, the following season they bet, I don't even think they or they made the playoffs, but that might have been the year they went out to Seattle. Mm. I believe it was in the uh, in the well in the wild card games, wasn't it that that year? So and moving swiftly on, tell us what you think at home, guys. Uh, do you believe in the Madden curse? Get back in touch with us for the next show. We want to see how many of you out there actually think it's real. You can contact it's real. us. It is. It is. <laughs> you can contact us with the feedback form at the bottom of the page. Uh, tweet me at Adri Mallows or of course please email us bullhawksnest at gmail.com so my friend the Ray Lewis award this week what are your thoughts well it, it's uh, it's quite funny because uh, uh, of course as I got wrong last week and uh, <laughs> what I'm going to make for rectify this week I'm going to start with my runner up <laughs> nicely done and actually rather um rather sort of seeming to sort of blend in together, I'm going to look straight to the Texans and Mr. J.J. Watt. He's my runner-up for the uh, the defensive player. Defensive end for the Texans. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy, I mean, the stats aren't as impressive as some of the guys uh, around the league. Only four tackles, two sacks, but it's that presence in mind and that he's always hounding the quarterback all the time. He seems to always seem to be in the right place at the right time, disrupting passes, even if he's not maybe getting that sack in the box. He maybe puts that enough pressure that he, he forces um, the quarterback to put up that bad throw, to, to give the other players the interceptions, to give the other players you know the, um, the check down passes instead of the big play up top. I, I think he just overall is that uh, an impact player. I seem defense. to remember a play last year where he managed to somehow, he was only about a yard or two away from the quarterback, and you'd expect most defensive ends or defensive linemen just to tip the pass. But he came away with an awesome interception, oh, yeah. didn't he, last oh, season? Oh, yeah. Was that the playoffs? Or it was towards the back end of the um, season? It was It was quite late on in the season. Yeah. But I just remember thinking, how on earth do you manage to keep your hands on that ball? So, a great choice, my friend. Yep. Um, and now, for the big award himself, the Mr. Ray Lewis of the week. Congratulations, Mr. Lance Briggs. Wow. Chicago Bears. I this mean, This is awkward. We've picked the same player, but carry on. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Six tackles, interception... Caused a forced fumble and, of course, run that interception back for Mr. Six Points. I mean, the guy was all over the field. He literally dominated. He's a leader of that team as well, along with Brian Erlacher. He literally just exudes defence. I think for me as well, I think a lot of people tend to overlook Briggs because of the Erlacher factor. Mm. So, I mean, with... with uh, like his dodgy knee and we've seen it all this year he looks a step slower maybe he just hasn't quite shone as much still shining still shining you're not dull and bright yet, yet. Mr Erlacher don't come after me uh, all I'm saying is that you can see that maybe there's a year or two left in the old horse Briggs on the other hand he's younger he's more adaptable you can see that possibly the reins are starting to take place where they're changing over you can see that he's going to become the new Erlacher the new the new Mr. Chicago in that sense and well you know the sense, sense that it was a night completely dominated by the defence I mean all 
Facebook, Twitter's all they're talking about is the five interceptions, you know. Yeah, Romo. Romo, I mean, pfft, ain't going to go there. Um, I'm pretty sure you've had uh, enough scrutinisation, Romo. I'm going to leave you be. I'm going to be a nice guy. But Briggs, Mr. You are our Ray Lewis of the week. Yeah, for both of us, it seems. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And thinking of the man himself, Ray Lewis, to me, this year, that's a man who has not lost a step at all. Oh, no. I mean, we, I got the chance to ask him a question at an NFL fan night and I asked uh, the great Mr Lewis who does he think will be the next leader of the team when there's no more Ray Lewis and Ed Reed? he turned around and, and told me that the franchise isn't ready to get rid of him yet so I think <laughs> <laughs> A it was a great answer and I think we're all seeing this season that man what an animal he is And 13 just, years is it? 13 years in the league? Uh, yes it is at least that now who's it getting up towards 16 I'm sure because he's obviously well Ravens he started in 2000 didn't he so mm. probably actually 13 yeah coming into 13 season so what a season he's having the Ravens defence doing pretty good as well mm. hopefully they'll get a few more points for me like when, especially when I play you <laughs> and the Texans get 36 points was it the defence or 32 um, no we peaked at 31 at one point and then they went to sleep and let um in that end of the fourth quarter and they went to sleep and they uh, dropped down to 25 I believe it was ah okay still giving, giving up a touchdown in the end and a couple of uh, couple of yards but still respectable at that 25 points from a defence awesome so with four games down mm-hmm. I hate to say it like this because for me it makes it the season sound like it's nearly over even though it's not but officially a quarter of the way through the season four games down yeah. for every team uh, with the exception of Pittsburgh and Indianapolis of course but a quarter of the season down who has impressed you so far this season? Um, Could be player-wise, team-wise. What are you thinking? Um, one team that's impressed me this year, as a team collectively, because um, really I expect them to be um, down with the Cleveland Browns at this point in the season, that's the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Miami Dolphins, you know, they're, they're still working out the kinks with the head coach, coming in, changing up, getting his new system. Ryan Tannehill, they make the, uh, the announcement that they're going to stick by their rookie. Um, and you're sitting there going, you're going to have a rookie with pretty much the only person anyone had even heard of in the receiving call was Devon Best, and it was still like a um, a third stringer at best being your starting starting wide receiver. Um, you had uh, Reggie Bush, you know, could he do it? Could he still? The constant questions is, is he a single man back? Um, and then of course the defense being all, all leaky, could they could they plug the holes? But you know, I believe they're sitting quite pretty. I mean, that's fair play to Cardinals coming back um, and winning in overtime. Well, you see, the thing about the Dolphins here that as a counter to that, whilst I agree that they've had some individual great performances, mm. they're one and three. Yeah. The reason why they're one and three is because they've taken two teams to overtime, and whether they've lost their bottle. Um, or as a team they just thought the, the hard job is done by coming back in the fourth quarter Yeah, there's a reason why they're sat at one and three so are we writing it down as the fact that they're just a rookie team will they ever be able to get over that hump where they'll be able to win in a big game situation oh I, I think so because the fact is they are getting to those overtimes I mean kind of shame on them for actually losing that after putting the hard work it's like guys why are you going to throw it away at the last minute you know great coming back into the game let's now win it you know um, but I, I like to see the improvement. I honestly thought it'd be own for without, you know, a shadow of a doubt. Watching them getting drummed in every week. Yeah. And uh, literally, there's been, like I said, with with without this whole meltdown catastrophe in these two games, you could possibly see them two two or three and one, which would you know, 
I, I, I see the development there, which is what I'm really happy about. Because to be honest, you really had nothing really to cheer about, Dolphins fans. So um, you know, keep the faith. I think you will do great. Um, if not this season, I can definitely see next season. Would that be over over uh, powering the Pats? Do you reckon, or do you reckon they'll finish behind them? Um, well, if the if the Jets don't literally solve the quarterback problem now. Um, I do feel that the the Jets season will have no offence um, the Buffalo effect of last year. Thanks. <laughs> where it's the good start and they will nosedive unless they start to because the locker room will fall away. They won't have the faith in the quarterback and the game won't progress. If you can have the reverse for Miami, where they're sitting there, they're fighting in these close games and they can get one to fall their way. Um, then the locker room will turn around. They'll get behind Ryan Tannehill. They'll believe in their defense. The, you know, um, and I, I believe they can start winning these close games rather than losing them. Is there anyone else that's impressed you this season, whether it be individually or again team-wise? Um, another big individual, I'd say this this time, is is going to be Manning. Which one? It's going to have to be Peyton Manning coming back from the injury. Nearly got an Eli mentioned this week. We're going to have to mention Eli Manning anyway because it's traditional on the show. Uh, how great a quarterback he believes he is, um, even though he really is a klutz. But anyway, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Peyton Manning, I watched the, shall we say, the disassembly of the Raiders. I mean, that was pinpoint precision. It looked... I mean, there's been, there's been cases this year where Manning's looked like he's kind of looked rusty. Okay? Yeah. Uh, I think we all accepted that. You know, a year on the sideline, I, I challenge anyone not to come back rusty from that. The fact is, he's managed to progress in a level that is, let's face it, you knew you had a Broncos D which was quite solid, mm-hmm. you know, which you could use. Um, he had De- Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, um, there is, um, what's his name? Stokely. Yeah, his old mate from Indianapolis. Exactly. Um, you've got um, McGahey in the backfield. Um, so the offense has got lots of promise too. I mean, you've you've seen that, but it's the fact is it was like how was Manning going to do post cult? Mm. Okay, was he going to just have a Favre type sort of, shall we say, second life yeah. where he's going to come back and he should have just said called it a day? Yeah. Um, but I actually feel that it was the right move. Whereas Favre jumping from team to team in some form of like. Um, so, I don't know, just conquest of sort of yeah, recapturing the youth. Yeah, Jets then Vikings, wasn't it for him? It's just I, I feel Manning Manning did make the right choice, giving it another go, and um, kudos on you because you're, you're shining for me right now. I tell you what, he did take some hits as well, didn't he, against the Raiders this week? There were some big hits in general. In Raiders that game. came after him good. Yeah, they, they came, came after him good. Time. I mean, I think they, especially once they started realizing that we've lost this game, uh, I think the Raider 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 esque football came back out in. Um, in quite a fashion there which was a bit dirty yeah not so much just win but just hurt <laughs> just hurt yeah <laughs> brilliant well on the counter to that then we've done sort of like the, the pluses of the season some te- some people and, and teams that have impressed you who hasn't impressed you now I'm going to lead you into that a little bit and maybe try and sway your decision a little bit last week we talked uh, EJ talked about Aaron Rodgers mm. and I had a look at him as well uh, while I was doing the blog and his numbers this year, he's averaging less than 250 yards a game. Really? He's only uh, thrown for seven touchdowns. So his average, again, when you break it down, quarter of the season in, he's averaging 1.75 touchdown throws a game. Does that really sound like the Aaron Rodgers we know? What's happening to Rodgers this season? 
I don't know what's what's quite happening. I'll tell you what he's not doing. He's not throwing to Jordy Nelson, who's in my fantasy team. So carry up and throw him some more passes. It's game four and I've only got one touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's James that's got all the uh, touchdowns, isn't it? Well, he seems to... It seems with Jennings' injury, someone decided to that's step it. up and say, I'm going to be numero uno. My point is James Jones, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. the other receiver, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's stepped up and said, right... Jennings out. It's my chance to be um, the other starting receiver opposite um, opposite uh, Jordan Nelson. Uh, of course, you've got the the granddaddy still there. Yeah, driver. Yeah. Um, but of course, we all know that he's going to have limited participation. Um, is it Finley, their tight end? Uh, Jermichael Finley. Yeah, yeah, Finley. He's quite a staple. They like to use him on the sort of um, the spread offenses or use him out of the two tight end blocks. Um, but yeah, I'm not quite sure what's with that offense. It's uh, the whole the fire that oh, I'm not quite sure. But it's uh, is Cedric Benson the right running back for yes. them? Yes, yes. I know he hasn't quite seen the the light, but it's the fact is um, who did they have there last year? Um, I struggled to think of who they had. It was the same player they had in their Super mm, Bowl year, wasn't it? And exactly. Why does his name? Leave me. Um, His name eludes us because the running game hasn't <laughs> been there. Now, I don't know whether or not the running game with Benson is more progressive uh, while that's rubbing off the passing game, meaning the passing game is less yards, less touchdowns. Um, um, okay, yes, they have had some unfortunate call that has left them now, technically. Was it 3 and 1 this year now? Uh, they're 2 and 2, actually. 2 and 2. This year. Okay, so that would have left them maybe 3 and 1. The Niners in Seattle. Yeah, Niners. Well, Niners again. What you got? I think um, Niners is uh, a credible lose because I think Niners are getting all their pieces together. Like I said before, to get towards, um, if not Super Bowl, I'd say at least NFC, NFC playoffs. Um, but yeah, the the Seattle was unfortunate. But I think offensively wise, the fact is only putting twenty eight points on a New Orleans Saints defense, which is completely undermanned undercoached um, and really I mean come on Kansas City just absolutely tore them a new one and you're telling me that all the powers that be in Green Bay can only put 28 points on them but are they that depleted though because they still have Roman Harper they still have Will Smith they still have Jonathan Vilma they are the backbone of that defence why are you suddenly saying they don't have the personnel when to me it's the same core defence that lines up every week and did so well for them last year um, well, they did well for them, but again, the problem is they give up a lot of yards, and um, which I think is is another problem because though though they are collectively they're very good in, in the takeaway box, um, very good in the takeaway box, but they are quite leaky, and when you get um take on teams which can expose how leaky you are, like Kansas, like Kansas shouldn't have, exactly you should be able to clamp down on these teams, which is I think is the problem is. New Orleans have always been a team in the last couple of years with Breeze and his now receiving core, Colson and all those lot. They've been an will outscore you faster than you can put points on us team rather than a team that could say we'll score, stop you on defence and then we'll score again, cementing the match. Yeah. They've been a lot more of a we'll score, you're probably going to score on us but we'll score a touchdown where we try and hold you to a field goal yeah. if that makes sense yeah. so they'll give up a lot of yards and it tends to be in that last in the red zone where 
your zones get shorter, man routes become easier to defend because there's less stretching of the field because you've only got the last 20 yards to man. Um, that they can progressively, a defense can suddenly create a stop and you do get three instead of seven. Mm-hmm. But for New Orleans Saints, um, yeah, I expected a bigger show against them just because I do believe at 0-3 they came into Lambeau with a sense of... I mean, they gave a fight. They gave a really good fight. But you almost sense at 0-4 now, how far do the heads turn down? How far now do you put those... It's almost... At 0-4, it's almost season-ending. You think? I honestly think. Because now your best hope is, let's see, you're in a division that holds... um, Well, I don't think Tampa will cause so much of a problem. But you've got Falcons, who I think at 4-0, who are the other respective... You know, in yeah. that o four to four and o, yeah. they've clinched the division almost already. Without it's almost theirs to lose. Yeah. In my opinion, and I think that Carolina, um, though at the moment they're having a lot of problems trying to to close games and convince Cam Newton not to basically be such a crybaby, and when you're losing, do something about it rather than put your head in the towel and sulk on the sideline. Exactly. <laughs> is take themselves because they're getting close each and every time they get close to the Bucks they get close to the Falcons and then suddenly they let them get away with it kind of with the Miami we were talking about yeah okay so if they can get um, their heads out of this this whole funk they could possibly possibly work out a wild wild card spot mainly because um, apart from NFC East is not really um, maybe the North as well the that's the only people that I don't think they'll be fighting the West really for a wild card spot. Um, so there is a chance. Carolina, you know, wake up. You have a chance. The season isn't over yet. You're not the Saints. Um, yeah, you heard it, me, Jay. Sort Carolina out. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I honestly think at 0 4, respectively, you've got Carolina, Tampa Bay, they're in front of you. I mean, come on, when they're in front of you, um, you're not going to win the division. I think you've got too many other people. I think. In the north, there's at least two teams that... I'd say three teams, because let's face it, all except for... Um, I don't know. You could almost say all four in the north could have a shot at the playoffs. Um, in the east, with Eagles sort of throwing, uh, throwing a span in the woodworks. Yep, top um, of the division now. Top of they? the division now, yeah. Um, Dallas having a nightmare. Um, you know, beating Giants, but then getting scuppered. You know. And do you know who's the bottom of that division right now? Hmm? New York Giants bottom mm, of the NFC East right exactly. now but you can almost see them they could come around and still change for playoffs I, I fear that the wild card spot even if they came back for an 8-8 eight and eight, or even you know 7-9 and nine, I don't think that's going to be good enough is this for the Giants? no sorry, sorry, sorry. this is for this is for Saints still Saints, Saints. Still. Okay. so sorry Saints fans I think honestly this year just celebrate every win you can because literally it's that's going to be all, all, all to sing and dance about I'm afraid yep I agree and um, I I know we've we've had this I think myself, myself and EJ and I think myself and you have had this discussion I think for me it is all about losing Sean Payton it's not just about his play calling ability it's the man on the sideline it's the way he carries himself his attitude during the game some of the decisions he makes do we think they're going to make such a radical call like he did in the Super Bowl when he went for the onside kick at the start of the second half their new coach isn't going to do that. That is Sean Payton all over him. Yeah. When you lose such a big influence in your team. A Brit Bowl coach as well, no less. Brit Bowl coach. Brilliant. 
I think that for me is a big effect and well who knows maybe they will go 0-16 and get the first pick in next year's draft mm. but just to finish off because uh, we're sort of unfortunately rapidly running out of time but just to finish off this week we had the proper officials back mm. the NFL refs were back they got cheered everywhere in some places the cheers did turn to booze <laughs> now <laughs> for me there were some times when I wasn't actually sure the real refs came back this week for two decisions that stick to mind Firstly is Tom Brady's touchdown against us. The running touchdown where, to me, there was clear video evidence the that the knee down. was down and the ball hadn't broken the plane of, plane of the goal line. It was actually at a key time as well because I believe it was either 21 all or 14 all at the time. It was, it was in that balance swinging time, It was it? round about the time when the game could have gone either way and it should have been clear. Regardless, they may have gone on to score a touchdown from that, but it was that it happened there and then. We knew the call was wrong. They play it in the stadiums now, which is another reason why it's, you know, it's going to get such a boo because yeah. you can see that if they allow the touchdown like they did, that's a horrendous decision. We had another one in the Saints-Packers game where Packers felt hard done by again because Jimmy Graham apparently made a catch, oh, but the ball one, just no. hit the ground down by his side. You On can't use yeah, you can't use the ground to help you catch a ball because that defeats the object, and surely that's. How do they, when it gets challenged, how do they then uphold that call on the field that it was a catch because it clearly, again, video yeah. evidence showing it does hit the floor. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's, you, you got, you had to wonder in all the matches how long it was before the uh, the cheers turned into booze. Um, I think that, again, though, at the end of the day, they are unfortunately until um, we all become sentient robot beings which have perfect 2020 vision and can spot um, everything flawlessly there is still going to be a human element where we are um, refs will make mistakes but you have a video ref for oh, that purpose oh I know you though. have a video ref for that purpose but still it's going to be under the um, it's going to be under the conscious decision of how unfortunately that nasty word what I'm going to say now is interpret how you interpret now um there was a big talk with the commentators yeah. on the, the Pats game. They had a great talk about it because, of course, with the angle of the video, you saw that you could see a knee in that sort of shading, but you couldn't see any indentation to the pitch or any shading which would suggest that a knee had contacted the floor. I know because I, I, I agree. I personally think knee was down half a yard short. Um, but the fact is I can see where they were coming from where it sat that if you put a knee into the turf it makes an indentation kind of like a footprint would um, there was no clear knee print shall we call it so therefore no knee print ergo knee not down but it's astroturf so it doesn't print that much yeah um, and with the, the Saints Saints game that was uh, Saints Packers that was just yeah, that was just purely, I think, out of interpretation there, that was just clearly really bad because that had actually had better video, whereas the Tom Brady was, the two angles that they had to look at were not the best. The Graham one, they had three angles, all of them disproved the catch. So, to be honest, that was almost... Um, that was just... That was bad. I mean, that was... Yeah. For me, they were like a quarterback or a running back, a C2J or a... I hate to say it, but Fitzpatrick last year, someone who got their big money deal and then really couldn't be asked in the next game because they got what they wanted. <laughs> Just a personal opinion, but 
Um, I'm afraid that's that's us for time this week. So if you want to make any comments on, on what we've said here, obviously if you want to argue the toss, whether it be for the refs or you think the Saints may yet go on to win the Super Bowl, then please do tweet me at Adri Mallows. Drop us an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com or, of course, feel free to leave feedback at the bottom of the page. Marcus, it's been an absolute pleasure as always, my friend. As always, me too. And take care, and I will speak to you soon. See you, mate.